If you have a Bible this morning, please turn to Ezekiel chapter 37 and we'll start at verse 1. The Lord gives inspiration for messages, sometimes in very different ways. Um, I was actually listening to a song, a, a Christian song, and then the Lord started to speak to me out of just one little part of that song to bring this word this morning. The Lord is not limited to just one way. Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. This is the prophet Ezekiel, and he talks about an experience that he had by the Spirit of the Lord. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, And say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it says the Lord. This morning, we're going to talk about when dead things rise. When dead things rise. Israel were God's chosen people, but their continual disobedience, rebellion, sinfulness, and idolatry over many generations had caused God to reject them. There was no life left in them, no spiritual life at all. And it wasn't like they'd only just got into this state. They weren't freshly dead. 
They had been dead for generations, just repeating the same actions and mistakes as their forefathers over and over and over again. The Bible says that not only was there nothing left of them but bones, and not only that the bones were dry, but the bones were very dry. You can't get anything deader than centuries-old, dead, dry, sand-swept bones left open to the elements in a valley. There's nothing deader than that. They ain't coming back. They ain't moving on their own. There is no hope for them. The only thing you can do is bury them and put a marker over the grave in pity and in respect. So when God asked Ezekiel if the bones could live, he gave an incredibly diplomatic answer. I know what he was thinking. There's no way these bones could live in a million years. He would have seen bones in his time, but he had never seen anything like this before. There was no hope, not even the slimmest of a chance that they could even move one inch, especially on their own. But he knew the power of God and that God knew better than he did. So he replied, oh, Lord God, you know, you know whether these bones could live again or not. So God had the prophet prophesy the specific words of God to these bones and something amazing happened. The bones all came together exactly where they were meant to go, on exactly the right people they were meant to be. Then their sinews came back, then their flesh came back, then their skin covered them again. They looked like people again. But the problem was that they still weren't moving. The prophet needed to prophesy once more, and then the Spirit of God entered them, and they stood up a mighty army again. See, the Israelites were meant to be warriors, spiritual warriors, doing the things that pleased him and reaping the benefits. But they had chosen to reject him, worship other gods, treat his holy things like the law is worthless. They were truly spiritually dead, which is the only thing that matters. If you're physically dead but spiritually alive, there's a life for you beyond the grave. But if you're spiritually dead, you're dead both here and there. You see, when God speaks, dead things can and will rise again. Luke chapter 7 and verse 11, and it came to pass the day after that he, Jesus, went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Really strange thing to say to a lady who her son is dead. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bear him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. Arise, rise up. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him again to his mother. And we all know the very famous story, not story, account in the Gospels where Lazarus, a close friend and companion, died and Jesus went and raised him up. We also know that when Jesus comes back again, he has promised he will raise up the dead saints first before taking the living saints. But I would not have you To be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is a promise. That is something that we should be encouraged in. We keep going in the Lord and we are going to rise up, whether we're still alive or whether we're dead in Him. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. If Jesus can take care of and raise up the physically dead, then he also has the power to put back new life into our walk with him as well. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, According as his divine power has given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's given us everything that we need to have life within us, and he's given us great and precious and powerful promises. We can't have life outside of Jesus. It's not possible. John chapter 14 and verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There's no life without Jesus. If we're focusing on ourselves or the junk of this world, it will suck the life out of us, the spiritual life. If we're in unrepented sin, it will suck the life out of us. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Romans 8 and verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because the carnal mind is enmity. It's at odds, it's a war against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, make alive your mortal bodies by his Spirit, that dwells in you. It doesn't matter how spiritually dead we are, how far we have gone, how dead and dry our bones are. Jesus gives us hope. Revelation 3 and verse 1. And unto, this is um, Jesus talking to each of the, the seven major churches of the time and talking about their spiritual condition. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you live and are dead. Be watchful 
and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore you shall not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and you shall not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not block out, blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says under the churches. You might think that that's an odd scripture to give. But the point is, Sardis is arguably the worst of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Jesus said that they made out that they were a church of God, but they were dead. Dead means no life, right? No way of coming back, no hope for them. Only a few hadn't defiled their garments and they could be saved. Except Jesus didn't see them that way. He told them to repent. Repentance is no good if you're already dead, if you're too far gone. But repentance is what makes us alive again when we're dead. We die to ourselves and our way of living, and He brings new life into us. Just like we were dead, spiritually dead, before we first came to church, and repentance gave us a new life to live. It started that process. The lesson from this is that no person, no church, is too dead for God to be able to revive. But there is always a way that He can breathe new life back into us. If I can get someone to... The piano, please. I'm not a prophet like Ezekiel, but I do have a word from the Lord for you this morning. And his words are just as powerful in your life now as they were in the prophet's time. There's somebody here, and I don't believe it's just one person, where you feel like you're dead inside, that you're spiritually dead, completely dead, that there is no life left in you anymore. And that there's no way back. There's no possible way for you to live again. You've gone too far. You've burned all your bridges. You've done everything that is going to cause you to never be able to live for God again. God is here to tell you this morning that that is a lie. God is here to speak his words of life into your soul. You are not going to be left the way you are. All you have to do is hear these words this morning, believe them, respond to them, and you will live. That is a promise direct from God for you this morning. You won't be fully spiritually alive in an instant, but God will start that healing and reviving process straight away. Your scattered bones will come back together. Then after that, your sinews. Then after that, your flesh. Then after that, your skin, there's a process. There's layer upon layer where God breathes life back into you. And finally, God himself will breathe full spiritual life back into you again. You don't think it's possible, but it is. If God can raise a mighty army of spiritual warriors from a valley of dead, dull, dry, windblown bones, then it can raise you up from the deadness within. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All Jesus requires from you this morning is a response. He will take care of the rest. Just recognize where you are at right now and respond to his word. He will breathe new life back into you without fail. He is in the restoration business. He's always been in that business. He is in the life business. He is in the resurrection business. When he raised up from the dead three days after he was buried, he proved to have the power over death. And his followers walk in his footsteps with death being left behind for new and powerful life. Don't think that your condition is hopeless. Don't think that the hopelessness you feel is unable to be overcome or to be changed. Jesus has already conquered death, including your death. And he calls you to life this morning. You're not happy with where you are, so just hear the words of Jesus this morning. It's not over. It's not finished. You will not remain like this. You will be raised up again in a powerful, incredible, and miraculous way. You won't even be able to explain what just happened. But your death will be forever changed back into life again. It doesn't matter how you feel. When Jesus speaks, the dead will rise again. And that includes you, and that includes me. Nobody is exempt. So heed the word of Jesus this morning and live again. If you would stand with me this morning.